Hey there, I'm Steve. And I'm Tyler. Welcome to It's Not About the Money, where we discuss a wide range of topics like entrepreneurship, leadership, productivity, and maybe even money. We are not here to bore you with financial jargon or the tax code, uh, but we might. But not on purpose. We're just a couple of small business owners trying to make sense of the world one podcast at a time. On today's episode, I will be interviewing my co-host, Steve Nay who's a tax professional and owner of Daybreak Tax, and we will be exploring his story of starting a business while working a full-time job. Steve, most of the time that I've known you, I've considered you to be a computer programmer. Tell me about your professional career up to this point. That is an accurate assessment up to this point. Uh, I got a degree in computer science and started my career in uh, some technology companies. I worked for a, an insurance tech company for a while. I worked for Amazon for four and a half years. During some of that time, I uh, let's see. I was interested in the the fire movement, financial independence, retire early. I think you've heard oh, of that. Oh yeah, definitely. Well. Who hasn't been enchanted um, by that at some point? <laughs> right. It's a it's an alluring dream. Uh, and one of the one of the big blogs in the space. I don't know if he's still around. I haven't read him for a while. But it was uh, Mr. Money Mustache mm. uh, was was very influential in my thinking early in my career. Uh, um, until I had kids, and kids are expensive, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the priorities have shifted somewhat to uh, making a good life for my family in the meantime, uh, instead of uh, being super frugal and saving things for for some future date where we can enjoy it all. It's more about uh, enjoying life as we go along. Absolutely. Now. I think uh, someone who works on uh, works with people on their personal finances and on their budgets, that concept of prioritization and considering having a good life on top of your financial goals is something that we talk about a lot. Yeah. So you were, you've worked as a software engineer for a number of diff different companies, some of them quite large, if not most of them. Mm -hmm. um, but through the last few months of our friendship, just talking, you, you've told me about how your transition, you, you've started a business, basically. Um, I'd love to hear more about that, especially what is driving you to pursue additional work on top of your corporate job that you already <laughs> have? Yeah, that is a great question. I, I do still, as you mentioned, uh, work in the software industry. I'm currently doing more uh, on the cybersecurity side uh, at, a, at a tiny little company, uh, which is also really fun. But um, what, what got me interested in uh, having another job on top of all of that uh, is kind of a long story. I mentioned uh, the my interest in the fire movement and uh, I've been a, a long time YNAB user. You need a budget. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's great budgeting software that really resonates with me. And I have also always uh, loved doing my own taxes, uh, which I have been told is rather unusual. Well, you've been told correctly. I mean, I guess there are <laughs> okay. people that probably enjoy it, but I, I, I imagine there time. are other people like me out there, but yes, uh, but yes, not not everybody likes doing their taxes, and I do. So that kind of got the wheels turning early on. I used to listen to a podcast by a CPA named Andrew Carroll, who runs a a whole bunch of companies. One of them is is CFO Andrew. He does taxes for individuals and solopreneurs and and small businesses like that. 
and well, anyway, on, on his podcast at the time, he was talking about, he was giving some advice to someone who wanted to get into the industry, but didn't necessarily have uh, a CPA at the time. And his recommendation was to become an enrolled agent, which is an IRS designation specifically for taxation. Uh, so it doesn't have uh, all of the same educational requirements as a CPA, but it is focused uh, primarily on taxes and has a lot of uh, continuing education requirements around that. So being a, an enrolled agent means you're you're up to date on the tax code and you know kind of what's going on there. Uh -huh. So his recommendation was go do that and then start a business doing taxes and then kind of ease into it there. So you see what you like about it. And if you want to grow into that kind of a practice, and then you can add on other things uh, later as well. So let's back up for just a second. So you're in the software industry. You're a little bit of a personal finance nerd. You, you enjoy using, you need a budget to do your own finances and you like doing your own taxes. Can you tell me a little bit more about what it is about doing your taxes that you enjoy so much? Well, cause I think it's a very I, interesting, interesting question. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, for sure. Um, I wonder if it's like, uh, it does it have to do with just, uh, having a really solid understanding of your own financial situation. Is it more about getting, you know, maximizing the refund that you're able to get from the IRS? What, what, what is it that appeals mm. to you so much? Right. I think, uh, it's, it's all of those things. Uh, and there's also a piece of doing taxes. that's very similar to computer programming where you've got a, a system, whether that's the computer and the programming language or whether it's the tax code and your personal finances, and you're trying to find the best solution. Uh, sometimes it's straightforward and sometimes you have to get creative, but being able to put all of those pieces together and create something that, that works really well together. That is something that I find appealing about both of my careers. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like problem solving and optimization are at the heart of that. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Uh, there's also something that feels, uh, I don't know, virtuous, I guess is kind of a, an odd way to describe it about it. But um, I, I remember my mom sitting down, you know, in the 90s with the paper tax forms that you could pick up at the, at the public library and filling those all out by hand. Uh, and so she was always very in touch with our finances. And uh, I, I suppose that's uh, a big part of where I got my love for finances uh, originally was just watching my mom do that. And that, that seemed like a cool thing to do. Interesting at the time. So you have that childhood memory. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I have a similar childhood memory of watching my own father fill out those same paper tax forms. Uh -huh. And then later on when I was in college and had, you know, kind of one of my first uh, jobs that would require me to file my taxes I remember him sitting down with me and going over a paper form and I was quite bored by it. Uh, he was into <laughs> it. He was trying his best to get me excited, but, but I think for that first uh, tax filing, it was like 99% him and I was just kind of watching and hoping that he'd uh, take care of it for me. So there's sure a way in which we're different, but, but anyway, we're not here to talk about me. Sorry. I just, I thought that I had 
thought it was cool that we had similar memories of our parents uh, filling out those forms. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, let's see. Well, I, I'm okay, so, kind yeah, of going roundabout here. Uh, yeah, no, where, where, where did we leave off? Well, you were talking about your path uh, or potential path, maybe, towards pursuing becoming an enrolled agent. And I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, what are the different types of tax professionals? You mentioned, I think, one or two that, that you can become. And what about being an enrolled agent is a good fit for your career and your goals right now? Yeah, there's there's lots of ways that you can prepare taxes uh, and get paid to do it. You you can be an unenrolled preparer is as the technical term where you you don't have to have any credentials at all, and uh, as long as you are comfortable and know what you're doing, you can have people pay you to prepare their taxes. Uh, that's one option. The, on the other extreme is someone like a patent attorney, where they are. Uh, both an attorney and an expert in tax law, uh, those folks tend to focus more on dealing with cases that are going before the tax court if you've got uh, a dispute about whether something is taxable or that kind of a thing. The the most common credential for a tax preparer is a CPA, Certified Public Accountant, uh, and that's the one that most folks are familiar with. They have had a lot of schooling, they've had a lot of um, experience in accounting firms. And uh, generally, th there's a lot of ways you can go with a CPA, but a lot of them will focus on taxes and can be really good at that. There's also audit and there's public accounting uh, and there's lots of other, other things you can do with CPA. So that's uh, both a bit more general of a credential, but also uh, a prestigious one. So for getting your for just dipping your toes in and getting started in this career, it sounds maybe a little overkill. Yes, right. Because I have uh, an engineering degree and uh, just a bachelor's. I don't have a master's, and so to for me to become a CPA would require going back to school again uh, to to take at least some accounting classes and possibly get a master's, and then also have some experience working in a another accounting firm. And, the, and passing the exams for the CPA uh, is is also a lot of work. What are the exams like for becoming an enrolled agent? Because I believe you had to take some of those exams, right? Yes, you're right. So an enrolled agent, um, the, the thing that is appealing to me about that is that I can do it with the education that I already have. Uh, the stipulation then is there's uh, three different exams that were... Um, I think about three hours long each that cover personal taxation, business taxation, and practicing before the IRS. Those are the three main topics. So there's a lot of studying you have to do beforehand, uh, and then you can go take those exams. I All through high school and college, I was very good at doing standardized tests for whatever reason. Just my brain works really well with those. And so that was not daunting to me. Uh, having to do all of that studying and then go take a long standardized test. And it, it did take most of a year to do that studying, but I, uh, I enjoyed it and passed all three of the exams on the first try. Wow. Congratulations. So that's awesome. Yeah. So then that was, uh, I don't know if we're this far in the story yet, but that was last year in February when I passed the, or January when I passed the last of those exams. 
So I might be getting a bit ahead of myself here, but. Oh, no, that's fine. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you've talked a little bit about, you know, what, how you got interested in taxes in the first place and, you know, some of your inspiration for that. And then why you've chosen the path of enrolled agent as an entry point into the career of tax preparation. I'm curious, you know, what, so at what point did you start contemplating starting a business doing this or actually, you know, finding clients and earning money by providing these services? <laughs> right. Because uh, the the idea planted in my head from that Andrew Carroll podcast was probably five or eight years ago. I don't remember wow. exactly. Uh, but I so it's never, been marinating for a while. It's, yeah, it has. Yeah, uh, and then in 2021, I think we were my wife and I and all the kids were driving from Austin to Houston for a day trip of some kind, uh, and she was reading aloud this book. I don't even remember how we found it, but it's, it was called All the Money in the World. And uh, so one of the chapters in there was talking about, see, I don't even remember exactly, but the, the point that I took away from it was that if you run a business where you are going out and selling something and fulfilling it, you have more control over how much income you can bring in or not at a given time. And that was kind of like what finally um, pushed me over the edge to say, you know, maybe I should actually pursue this idea that I have been marinating on for years and years. As a, as a W-2 employee, you can probably relate to this uh, as well, because I know you've had a career uh, as an employee as well. Yeah. It's easy to get into a mindset where the income is kind of fixed you're you're getting as much money as you're getting, and that's all there's going yes. to be. You can hope for a raise or a bonus or something, but that's kind of out of your control on the day to day basis, right? So th this idea of well, hey, I could go start a business and be in control of how much money comes in was was liberating to that mindset. It sounds a little obvious to say that now, but. Uh, it it was was kind of a revelation to me at the time of like well maybe this is this is the nudge that I need to finally go try that thing right yeah no I totally relate to that actually I mean I have enjoyed and continue to enjoy my career as an employee there's like a certain sense of stability I guess that comes with that fixed income that you're talking about mm -hmm. not that any job is you know necessarily. <laughs> Secure. A lot of it is out of our control, but but you know at least the concept of getting a regular paycheck after showing up to work is there's some stability in that. But just like you, I've been considering. I guess you could call it side gigs or side jobs or maybe additional sources of income that I might be able to pursue. And I think part of what intrigues me about that is the same thing that you're talking about, which is you know the ability to have some agency or some say, or some degree of control over increasing my income as like a direct result of work that I'm putting in, as opposed to just trading my time for a paycheck. Now, you know, for I think it's not that uh, any business that I start would immediately scale so that I'm not trading time for money or anything like that, but having that <laughs> degree of control is like very attractive. That, that idea is very attractive, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's never that way at the beginning of any right. business, but you, you <laughs> can we know, see right? a point in the future <laughs> where uh, you, you can get leverage out of 
running a business that you can't get out of just being a W2 employee. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So all the money in the world, the book that you were listening to or having your wife uh, read or listening to your wife read was a tipping point. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. I don't think we even finished reading that book uh, actually. So <laughs> you got but, the inspiration you the, needed. And that that inspiration was, was enough of it. Yeah. For the, yeah. To kick that off. So I, then I started studying for those exams, I think later that year uh, and eventually passed them and got the enrolled agent credential. But it was a little too late in the season to start taking clients. Then it was um, February when I finally got it. So I kind of just spent the rest of that year. This was um, last year, 2022, just kind of getting things set up so that 2023, I could finally start uh, serving real paying clients. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exciting. So I know both you and I in the past have uh, dabbled with all kinds of ideas, whether it be blogging or social media, et cetera. So I'm curious, like, what's the difference? Uh, at least in my case, I can't speak for you necessarily, but uh, none of those efforts really took off for me and definitely didn't become income generating. So like, what's the difference for you between past hobbies or, you know, efforts that you've put into putting yourself out there, whether for business or, or pleasure, I guess you could say, and this one where it seems like you've really doubled down and you're committed to this idea. Yeah, that's a great question. The things that I've tried before have all been, uh, like you say, blogging. I can think of at least one endeavor in that realm. Uh, I dabbled with creating a software product for a particular niche, but never got that off the ground. Uh, I think the the difference this time is that this is a service business. Service businesses are a lot easier to get started with, like getting the the distance between beginning the business and seeing a paycheck from a client is a lot shorter than content marketing or uh, building a software product mm-hmm. uh, just because of the nature of the thing that you are delivering. So that's one of the big differences. Uh, the other is, I don't know, I feel like I've committed a lot more. I've I've put in a lot more actual resources, time and money to getting this one started than I ever did any of those previous endeavors. Uh, so it feels a little more like, yeah, I've got to actually make something out of this investment that I've begun. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then by the time I got an actual paying client, and saw the fulfillment all the way through, got their tax return filed, and got paid. Uh, that was a very exciting thing. Like it's kind of, I don't know, intoxicating. I guess of, hey, I've I've delivered value for someone, and mm. it's it's actually working. This is maybe a legitimate business now. Right, right. You got that feedback, and it was a signal that this could work. Mm, like yes. pretty early on, maybe. Yeah. yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, there's a lot of discussion out there, especially in the hustle culture on the internet about starting a business that follows your passion or pursuing a career that that you're passionate about. And there's a big debate with, you know, as to whether that's a good idea. But one of the thoughts that I has stuck out to me in that conversation, and I I think it's from author Cal Newport. He has a book, So Good They Can't Ignore You. At least this idea comes from him in my memory. We might have to double check that. But uh, if, if not, anyway, the concept is good, which is, you know, seeing that money come in as a kind of validation of the idea can create passion 
in a way that just following your passion might not be able to sustain over the long term, right? It's, it becomes uh-huh. like a, a feedback loop. So you you put out something of value or that you hope will be a value into the world. Somebody pays you for it, and that generates the excitement that you need to keep going. As opposed to, you know, I love doing taxes. I don't know how long you would love to continue doing taxes, especially for other people if if you never had that payoff, I guess. Yeah. That makes sense. Seeing the validation of the idea is inspiring. I mean, you said, what was the word you used? It was intoxicating or intoxicating. Yeah. Exhilarating is probably right to your head. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's cool. Okay. So walk me through. So now um, you're an enrolled agent. You've passed your tests. You finished that process up a little bit too late in the tax season to really start taking clients. Uh, And this is in 2022, I think you mentioned, right? Yes, that's right. So between then and now, how's the business going? Have you been able to land clients? What has that process been like? And what has been maybe the biggest hurdle to overcome in getting your business started now that you've got the credential? I have, uh, yes, been able to serve uh, probably 12 or so clients so far uh, nice. this year. And we're just past the deadline, the the tax deadline for 2023 uh, as we're recording this. So um, that's pretty good for a first season. That's fantastic. Yeah. The, the biggest hurdle for me has been not the getting of the credential and the passing of the exams, although those were big hurdles to clear, uh, but it's been more of on the networking side. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm an introvert, and so I don't naturally... Uh, like to go socialize with other people, but as I've kind of pushed through that discomfort and gotten out there and met other business owners, like they're just fascinating people and they have fascinating businesses. And so it's been very rewarding to have done that. And those relationships have been the biggest source of leads for new clients, whether it's they themselves or referrals of other folks they know who are looking for a tax preparer. Uh, that's kind of been the the most difficult thing and also the biggest payoff so far has just been building relationships with other business owners. So even though you would classify yourself or characterize yourself as an introvert, uh, you recognize the importance of getting out there. I mean, letting people know, right, that you have a business, that you have a service to offer, connecting with them, and as a result of that, generating referrals. Um, that's a, it's a beautiful story. I hope it continues to go well as as it has. Yeah. And I feel very lucky at the moment that my income from this business is kind of immaterial to my, the, the functioning of my life, like life will Mm -hmm. keep going on because I've got the salary from the regular W2 job. So I can afford to be patient and to not have to sell super hard. I can just be out meeting people and trying to help them out, even if it doesn't mean they become a client. That's kind of secondary, which mm-hmm. has been really nice in that I don't feel a lot of pressure in those situations to be like, I've, I've got to sell you something because I need to put food on the table. Um, I can just be there and hear your story and learn about you. And if I have something to offer, then I can offer it. And if not, then uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch and maybe something will come of it later. Right. You're not needy. And neediness can really drive people away, potential clients, I feel like. Mm, Yes, I agree. Well, I think the concept of 
networking of growing a referrals based business will probably be a recurring theme on this podcast uh, because both of us are in a similar type of situation and we're hoping to talk to other people who are also growing small businesses in similar ways and learning about their experiences. So I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about when it comes to that as the episodes move forward. Yes. So what has been the most, we talked about your biggest hurdle. What has been the most exciting part or the best part about launching your business? I think again, there, my answer would be that just meeting other business owners, other fascinating people uh, and learning about what it is they're passionate about, how, how their business runs, what kinds of solutions they're putting out into the world that I never knew uh, existed. Like for example, uh, last week or the week before I met a wedding officiant, she uh, conducts wedding. Like she's the, uh, the person that performs the actual ceremony in the wedding. Right. Uh, and I had never met anyone like that before who was not a member of a clergy or a government employee. Uh, and so it was just fascinating to get to know her and how she got into the business and what it is that she loves about it and what she's what aspect of it that she's really good at, the her particular uh, angle on it. I didn't even know that was a business, but now it kind of makes me want to... <laughs> look into that. It sounds fun. It sounds yeah. very rewarding. I'd probably cry a lot with joy if I was involved in that, you know? Yeah. But, wow. That's interesting. So you and I were chatting the other day as we often do behind the scenes and you made a comment to the effect of, you know, have you ever just sat back and realized, Hey, I'm a business owner now. And, and had that, I, it seems like that kind of struck you in that moment. Can you tell me a little bit more about that moment and like what, you know, does this seem real yet? I, even though you're already, you know, you have clients, you're earning money. Yeah, it does. There have been a couple of points in the last few months where that has hit the, I think the first one was when that very first client paid me, like the, the return has been filed, everything's signed, we're all done. And then the, the, uh, the invoice lands and I got paid for that first little bit of work. Uh, that was, that was kind of the moment. Well, we talked about this, the moment of like, Hey, it's actually working. Like something yes. is, something is happening here. It it still felt at that moment, like, oh, well, yes, it, 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 that paycheck came in, but it could all fall apart tomorrow. Like maybe there will be no more clients after this one. Well, they, they I mean, I guess technically one. that's always true, but yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but, uh, as, as the months have gone on, uh, and I've gotten a few more clients and been able to learn like so much about the tax code and things, you know, I learned a whole lot during the studying for the exams, but actually where the, where the rubber meets the road, there's so much more that I didn't know yet that I know now. Uh, and I'm sure that will be true for uh, a few years from now, at least, if not forever, mm -hmm. probably forever, actually, because <laughs> uh, the tax code is always changing, but. Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll never run out of things to learn. <laughs> right. Uh, but but uh, uh, as of, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was after I had gone to one of these networking events and had come away feeling not like an imposter of, oh, hey, I'm, I'm here pretending to be a business owner, but actually like, no, I'm, I'm, I am a business owner. I, I run a thing. I provide value to clients. I'm just here on my own terms. I can help you uh, or I can just get to know you and either one is fine. And I just felt 
uh, legitimate at that moment, I guess. Yeah. Like so you, that was that was kind we, of the realization that prompted uh, the comment I made to you. That's great. It's like you feel like you belong in that space with other people who are running businesses. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. So one of the questions I've been thinking about a lot myself, but that I'd like to put to you, since this episode we're talking about your journey into business ownership, is that you know for a podcast that talks about small business ownership and earning money and taxes and personal finance, et cetera, uh, our podcast is called It's Not About the Money. So how do you think this title applies to you and your current situation and your pursuits? And you know, what does that mean to you? At the moment for me, since I do still have a day job that's paying the bills, this business endeavor has been a chance to experiment and see, is this something that I really enjoy? Is it something that people value that I can make something in the world? Uh, you know, improve, improve someone's life and make it uh, make life for a business owner easier because they're not so concerned about their taxes. They're not worried about their financials. They can just focus on the thing that they really love doing. Uh, so th the opportunity to do that in a safe spot where I'm not feeling needy has been uh, really great. And that's probably the first uh, sense of it's not about the money where it's it's literally not like the the money that's coming in is all going to get plowed back into growing the business so i'm not going to see any of that for a while uh, and that's perfectly fine right um and then uh the other sense that i would say is that the thing that i am finding that i really enjoy doing is helping business owners get peace of mind uh, about uh, whatever it is, their their taxes, their finances, their bookkeeping. Uh, and that's where the name of my firm came from, Daybreak Tax, of sort of, uh, you you may have been in this long night of uncertainty, anxiety, you don't know what's going on, you really don't want to think about this thing, but it needs to get done. We can kind of be the the day breaking of, hey, it's, it's going to be all right, we'll we'll take care of you, and you can get back to the doing the thing that you love. And that is not about the the money, really. It's more about the the emotions, the psychology. the The money needs to be there to make the business run, but that's not why you got into the business, and that's not the thing that is ultimately going to give you peace. It's it's more. Um, it's not about helping the business owner find more money or make sure that the money is going to the right places. It's more about helping them uh, understand it and be at peace with it so they don't have to be anxious and be worried uh, about what's going on. They can understand, hey, it's, it's, uh, it's all, everything's in the right place. I don't have to worry about that. And I can get back to the thing that I really love about the business, which is, you know, making soap or helping folks book, book travel or helping two people have an amazing wedding or whatever it might be. The thing that, that they're really good at, that they really love doing. Right. Or coaching. Or coaching. Exactly. <laughs> well, I could testify to the value that your services provide. You know, this was my first year filing taxes as a small business owner. 
mm-hmm. you know, I did not, I did not use your services. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I do have, I do have an accountant and it was very refreshing and uh, relieving. It was a relief to be able to go in, bring all the paperwork, you know, my, my records of expenses and things, and basically just dump it on his desk and then walk out with a completed tax return without any stress or anxiety. It's great. Yeah. It's amazing. So I think what you're talking about is truly valuable in that sense because I've experienced it. Mm-hmm. That's great to hear. I think it's fair to say that you're still at the beginning of your business or very near the beginning. Yes, that's fair to say. So what advice would you give to someone who is in your shoes maybe a year ago or six months ago, who's either thinking about starting a small business, whether it's related to tax preparation or not, some kind of service business perhaps. And uh, yeah, just to get them through that first, like over, you know, through the threshold of beginning the business. Okay. I would say if you have found a thing that really interests you, that you think you will be good at, and that has value in the marketplace that people will pay you to do, uh, as long as you've got the safety net uh, under you where you can experiment with that and try it out, I would say go for it and uh, see, see what comes of it. And it may turn out to be nothing, or it may turn out to be a failure, or it may turn out to be something that you that you really love that becomes lucrative for you. But there's no way to know until you give it a try. So d- I would say do do as much research as you need to feel assured that it is a thing that might work, uh, but don't overanalyze it. At, at some point, you just got to jump in and start doing the work. Years and years of thinking about it. Well, in my example, for example, for example, uh, you know, I thought about this for years and years, but it wasn't until I finally took the leap and did the studying, p- passed the exams, and um, and even that at that point, which was a year ago, uh, didn't have any paying clients, so I had to take the additional steps of okay, well, I'm actually going to go try and meet people, start putting together some marketing, take the leap into it, and find out if it's going to work. Great. So just go and do and see what happens and use that feedback to inform your decisions about whether to keep going and for how long it sounds like. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, uh, in a service like tax preparation, it seems like you kind of have built in demand in that it's the law, right? (laughs) For everybody (laughs) to file their taxes. It is. Did that help? help you feel more confident in the beginning that this is something that, that, you know, you would be able to pull off or were you still worried and maybe even insecure about other aspects? Like, yeah, sure. Everyone has to do it, but do they really want it? You know, how will I personally build a clientele or anything like that? Yes, it is. Uh, the law, everybody has to do it. Um, depending on how complicated your tax situation is, the, the software out there, the TurboTax, the HNR block, uh, whatever, are are really great for a lot of folks, and that's all you need. Like you don't need a tax pro if if you just got a W two, uh, and you know a few simple other things. That's all. Like you don't need to hire me for that. You can do it yourself. But there there are a lot of reasons why even even for simple situations where you maybe you just don't want to do it you don't want to deal with the headaches of that i had at least one client this year that 
they could have done it themselves and it would have been pretty easy, but they're like, we just, we, we have in the past, we're done. We want to have somebody else take on that stress for us. That's me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly me. Yeah. So the, I provide value on that side and, and on the, the business owner side, that's, I think where the bigger market is. And that's the, the side of it that also interests me more. Because uh, there's more, just there's more going on there, uh, more complexity, more puzzles to solve. I'm still trying to figure out pricing and uh, exactly where do I fit in the in the market uh, as far as that goes. Because uh, you know, I can't. I, at the beginning, I didn't feel like, oh well, I can just go charge uh, as much as this CPA who's been doing it for twenty years, uh, because that's that's that seems to be the market price, right? Uh, and I didn't feel secure doing that. And as time has gone on, and I've learned more about you know from this experimentation of what are folks willing to pay, as I've experimented with pricing and uh, and seen the value that they are getting out of it, I've become more confident in that, and that will continue to evolve through the next season and beyond. Uh, but that was probably the biggest hurdle for me was getting over the, kind of getting out of my own head about it. Like, yes, there is demand and yes, folks are going to pay for it. Uh, but uh, can I let myself charge what these services are actually worth to people? As a new, makes sense. as a new, as a new entrant, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Is there anything else? that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered so far? I don't think so. I think that's good enough for now. Okay. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about each of us and, and our businesses and as we go along in the podcast. But I think as an introduction, that's, that's, uh, that covers all the bases. Great. Well, Steve, I really appreciate you sharing so much about your journey into small business ownership and your preparation to become a tax pro and how your business is going so far. Yeah, thank you for all the great questions. This has been fun. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to continuing this together and we will see you on the next episode of It's Not About the Money. Hopefully I will turn the tables on you. We'll learn more about your business. Yes, it'll be fun.